Chapters 1 to 7 of the Book of Hebrews from the World English Bible. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of Hebrews from the World English Bible. Chapters 1 to 7. Chapter 1. God having in the past spoken to the fathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, has at the end of these days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. His Son is the radiance of his glory, the very image of his substance, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself made purification for our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they have. For to which of the angels did he say at any time, You are my son, today I have become your father, and again I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son, when he again brings in the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. Of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels winds, and his servants a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, God, is for ever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. The heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you continue. They all will grow old like a garment does. As a mantle you will roll them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same. Your years will not fail. But of which of the angels has he said at any time, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies the footstool of your feet? Aren't they all ministering spirits, sent forth to do service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Chapter 2 Therefore we ought to pay greater attention to the things that were heard, lest perhaps we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first, having been spoken through the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard? God also bearing witness with them, both by signs and wonders, and by various works of power, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. For he didn't subject the world to come, whereof we speak, to angels. But one has somewhere testified, saying, What is man that you think of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honour. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. 
for in that he subjected all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we don't see all things subjected to him yet, but we see him who has been made a little lower than the angels, Jesus, because of the suffering of death crowned with glory and honour, that by the grace of God he should taste of death for every one. For it became him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the author of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will declare your name to my brothers, in the midst of the congregation will I sing your praise. Again, I will put my trust in him. Again, behold, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Since then the children have shared in flesh and blood, he also himself in like manner partook of the same, that through death he might bring to nothing him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and might deliver all of them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For most assuredly, not to angels does he give help, but he gives help to the seed of Abraham. Therefore he was obligated in all things to be made like his brothers, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. Chapter 3 Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as also was Moses in all his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, by so much as he who built the house has more honour than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were afterward to be spoken. But Christ as a son over his house, whose house are we, if we hold fast our boldness and the glorying of our hope firm to the end? Therefore, even as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as in the provocation, like as in the day of the trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me by proving me, and saw my works for forty years. Therefore I was displeased with that generation, and said, They always err in their hearts, but they didn't know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they will not enter into my rest. Beware, brothers, lest perhaps there will be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in falling away from the living God. But exhort one another day by day, so long as it is called today, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, 
if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence firm to the end, while it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as in the provocation. For who, when they heard, did provoke? No, didn't all those who came out of Egypt by Moses? With whom was he displeased forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? To whom did he swear that they should not enter into his rest, but to those who were disobedient? we see that they were not able to enter in because of unbelief. Chapter 4 Let us fear, therefore, lest perhaps a promise being left of entering into his rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. For indeed we have had good news preached to us, even as also they, but the word of hearing did not profit them, because it was not mixed with faith by those who heard. For we who have believed do enter into that rest, even as he has said, As I swore in my wrath, they will not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has said somewhere about the seventh day like this, God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, they will not enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remains that some should enter therein, and they to whom the good news were before preached failed to enter in because of disobedience, he again defines a certain day, today, saying through David so long a time afterward, just as has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken afterward of another day. There remains therefore a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For he who has entered into his rest has himself also rested from his works, as did God from his. Let us therefore give diligence to enter into that rest, that no man fall after the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and quick to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no creature that is hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and laid open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Having then a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold tightly to our confession, for we don't have a high priest who can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but one who has been in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with boldness to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy, and may find grace for timely help. Chapter 5 For every high priest, being taken from among men, is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. The high priest can deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray, because he himself is also surrounded with weakness. 
Because of this, he must offer sacrifices for sins for the people, as well as for himself. No man takes this honour on himself, but he is called by God, just like Aaron was. So also Christ didn't glorify himself to be made a high priest, but he who said to him, You are my son, today I have become your father. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek who in the days of his flesh, having offered up prayers and petitions with strong crying and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and having been heard for his godly fear, though he was a son, yet learned obedience by the things which he suffered, and having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the author of eternal salvation, named by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many words to say, and hard to interpret, seeing you have become dull of hearing. For when by reason of the time you ought to be teachers, you again need to have someone teach you the rudiments of the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is not experienced in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But solid food is for full-grown men, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. Chapter 6 Therefore, leaving the doctrine of the first principles of Christ, let us press on to perfection, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of the teaching of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. This we will do, if God permits. For concerning those who were once enlightened and tasted of the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit, and tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then fell away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucify the Son of God for themselves again, and put him to open shame. For the land which has drunk the rain that comes often on it, and brings forth a crop suitable for them for whose sake it is also tilled, receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is rejected and near a curse, whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded of better things for you, and things that accompany salvation, though we speak like this, for God is not unrighteous, so as to forget your work and the labour of love which you showed toward his name, in that you served to the saints and still do serve them. We desire that each one of you may show the same diligence to the fullness of hope even to the end, that you won't be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he could swear by none greater, he swore by himself, saying, Most surely I will bless you, and I will surely multiply you. Thus, having patiently endured, he obtained the promise. 
for men indeed swear by a greater one, and in every dispute of theirs the oath is final for confirmation, wherein God, being determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel, interposed with an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have a strong encouragement, who have fled for refuge to take hold of the hope set before us, which we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and entering into that which is within the veil, whereas a forerunner Jesus entered for us, having become a high priest for ever after the order of Melchizedek. CHAPTER seven. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God Most High, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham divided a tenth part of all, being first, by interpretation, king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, to whom even Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth out of the best spoils. They indeed of the sons of Levi who receive the priest's office have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brothers, though these have come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not counted from them has taken tithes of Abraham, and has blessed him who has the promises. But without any dispute, the less is blessed of the better. Here men who die receive tithes, but there one of whom it is testified that he lives. So to say, through Abraham, even Levi, who receives tithes, has paid tithes, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, if there was perfection through the Levitical priesthood, for under it have the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is of necessity a change made also of the law. For he of whom these things are said belongs to another tribe, from which no man has given attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord has sprung out of Judah, as to which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. This is yet more abundantly evident, if after the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest, who has been made not after the law of fleshly commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For it is testified, You are a priest for ever, according to the order of Melchizedek. For there is an annulling of a foregoing commandment, because of its weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect, and a bringing in thereupon of a better hope, through which we draw near to God. Inasmuch as it is not without the taking of an oath, for they indeed have been made priests without an oath, but he with an oath by him that says of him, 
The Lord swore, and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. By so much has Jesus become the collateral of a better covenant. Many indeed have been made priests, because they are hindered from continuing by death. But he, because he lives forever, has his priesthood unchangeable. Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, holy, guiltless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who doesn't need, like those high priests, to daily offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. For this he did once for all, when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men high priests, having infirmity, but the word of the oath which was after the law appoints a son, perfected for evermore. End of chapter 7